That sounds like what I used to do with my women's studies textbooks when I was a Republican in college. <laughs> threw darts at them? Yeah. I threw them across the room. I was like, we're already equal. <laughs> I have Feminism is ruining this country. <laughs> Basically. We need an entire book about this. Everything was fine (laughs) until no fault divorce. Podcast with me, Emily Einelander. And me, Corinne Pulaski. Hello! And our special guest today for just, you know, the shit talking part. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, it's Tara Lehman. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. In our much more comfortable room. Yeah, this is so much better. And it has a place to put your drink. And your dog. Yeah, <laughs> he's being real good right now. He is. <laughs> Anyway, so before we get started, I just wanted to ask everyone to please review us on iTunes. I'm asking you up top today because I found out from some lovely people that you do not get the uh, information and metrics from iTunes about your podcast unless you are getting new reviews and and uh, ratings. Mm. So, oh, I know. Interesting. Uh-huh. Sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Love that Apple. Yeah, uh-huh. no kidding. Give me your data. <laughs> so give Apple your data because you love us. Yep. Please. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily because you love Apple, but because you love us. <laughs> I mean, certainly not. And I, I know that a lot of people who listen don't use iTunes. No. But if you have an iTunes account, sure. just pop over. And um, if you have a review on there, I will read it out loud. In fact, to prove it to you, I'm going to read <laughs> the person who, who uh, Jessica Clark, who was on, I think, episode... Mm. It was one of the first ones. Five? Yeah. I think episode five, Mm -hmm. she, I was like, help Jessica, help me. And she, (laughs) she, she helped. (laughs) All right. So Jessica says, fills a knowledge gap. And then I can't read the rest of it. It looks like it's going to say the word hi, but it's like, (laughs) it's a hyphen. And then it kind of just is like H-I-G dot, dot, dot. H-I-G. I was going to guess hilarious before you said the G. There's a G. Yeah. Yeah. Highly entertaining. Hey, that might there be. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that then. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe on the computer, computer. Yeah. I can see it. All right. Oh, I said I'd read it in an accent. Oh, you did? I don't think. But mm. but now you have to. Yeah, but what one should I do? I don't know. What accents are Whatever you good at? Accent you want N- none. All You're not mo- good at any yes. of them? Okay. Okay. Yes. We get to just pick an accent. Just what pick one. <laughs> what do we want? Oh. What about, uh, can you do like a New England accent? That's kind of hard. Oh my god! Maybe that's like Boston. 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 That's tough, though. That's I not don't New know. England. Um, yeah. Uh, what or about like Maine? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. That's like the word. I can't even. I don't even know what that is. Except yeah. Lots of yeah. Oz. Me neither. Uh, what about? Um, let's see. Italian. <laughs> or okay. like German? Ooh, maybe? that's a good one. Okay. 
It's going to be good. This should be a poll for next time. You guys should poll what accent Emily should read the next one in. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that it should be in the review. The person should request at the end, please read in blank accent. Yeah. Okay. HPS offers an insider look at the traditional and self-publishing book industries. (laughs) That's sincere and informed. Emily and Corinne have a great report. And their interviews with people making their own way in the industry is interesting and helpful. The occasionally snarky tone is fun as fell. Uh, All right. You too, if you leave a review, will be able to choose an accent. For me to read your review, in. I'm really glad we chose German. I did. I, yeah. I think that was like the best one. That's that was best. great, guys. That was and, great. and make it a difficult one for her next time too. Like, really go out of your way. Throw a dart <laughs> at a geography book or something. Like, let's make this <laughs> a dart at gl- a geography. <laughs> book. She's glaring at me. You can't hear it, but you might be able to. <laughs> uh, that sounds like what I used to do with my women's studies textbooks when I was a Republican in college. <laughs> threw darts at them yeah i threw them across the room it was like we're already equal <laughs> i have feminism is ruining this country <laughs> Basically. why do we need an me. entire book about this everything was fine until no fault divorce <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so yes thank you for your reviews and the one last thing is you have like Four days left at this point when this yep. when this comes out of our maple may maple leaf maple may leaf zine may. giveaway yes. mm-hmm. and um, so just go to our website and click on win free things yeah and um, win free things win free Tell things it works. tell your friends mm-hmm. because they can also win free things yeah and join and this they lovely will, they will love you more because they won free things too yeah <laughs> so you could either be winning a free thing or just winning the love of your friends yeah. who you who you desperately don't know whether they love you or not. (laughs) 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 Win-win! All right. Well, we have an interview with Adam Mm O'Brien, and uh, he is an editor, which we will explain more in the interview with Adam O'Brien. Yes. Right now. Today, we're chatting with Adam O'Brien, editor at Sterling Publishing. Adam is an editor based in NYC, specializing in both short and long-form commercial nonfiction. He specializes in memoirs in a broad sense, personal memoirs, business memoirs, collections of humorous personal essays, and even travel memoirs. A few of the books he's worked on in this category are Drew Barrymore's Wildflower, Rain Wilson's The Bassoon King, sportscaster Joe Buck's Lucky Bastard, and Make It Happen by Lisa Sugar, founder of the website Pop Sugar. Um, Adam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, uh, Corinne, do you want to just kick it off? Oh, I sure will. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So our very first question is, uh, did you know from the very beginning that you wanted to be an editor or were there a few twists and turns before you came to that conclusion? Um, I would say I did know in the beginning. Um, I think most people that want to get into publishing, think they want to edit the the great American novel. Oh, Um, yeah. And so as I got into it, I actually thought I didn't want to be an editor for a while. You know, I started out in book retail, and then I got into production. And then I got back into editorial. And I realized that I do, it is really where my heart is. Um, But you know, as it goes on, I found that in my private life, I would say I enjoy reading fiction more than nonfiction. 
Sure. But as far as work goes, I found that nonfiction is what I'm good at, what I care about doing. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. good to separate the thing you like from the thing you work on in yes. some ways, I would think. Doesn't ruin the fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, and now you, so you've worked at obviously big five houses, um, mm-hmm. and you're working at Sterling right now, which is, are they actually, can you explain a little more about what Sterling is? They're an indie, right? Sure. It's a little strange. So, uh, it's totally owned by Barnes and Noble. Gotcha. Uh, okay. They do books that are for the main trade market. Okay. Um, they sell to all retailers. Yeah. My specific team I'm on right now, we focus on their bargain books. So that's when you go in and it's the books they print specially for, you know, the six ninety eight or whatever. Right. Oh, wow. I had no idea okay. they did that. Do they have other um, publishing imprints? Um, there's a few. So my imprint is called Fall River. Um, and there's there's a lot of imprints there. There's Puzzle Raid that does puzzle books. There's Metro Books, which does a lot of foreign type books. Um, there's just uh, Sterling Innovations, Sterling Trade. Uh, there's there's a lot of like little small. Uh, wow. I guess you would call them sub imprints within mm-hmm. Sterling. Right. Okay. Okay. That's that's that explains it then. Thank you. <laughs> um, Okay, so what would you say the major differences are between working for a big five house and working somewhere like Sterling? And which one do you prefer and why? I'd even go a step further. Between uh, Penguin and Sterling, Overlook Press, where Mm -hmm. depending on the period I was working there, there would be anywhere between eight and 15 people in the company. So (laughs) coming from that Sterling at 100 people feels at least middle-sized. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can tell you going right from Penguin to the small team, it's different. It's not, I wouldn't say one's definitively better. Penguin mm-hmm. is, you felt like you were part of something much bigger. Um, the books felt grander in scale. There was more, there was more publicity driven around them, but also, you know, the expectations are much higher. Yeah. You know, there's, right. there's a lot of horror stories in the industry of authors coming in and demanding that their book premieres at the top of the New York Times list. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, oh, I'm um, familiar. Yep. <laughs> aren't, aren't they all like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's Work your magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, but also it's, you know, you feel, I was a, an assistant there, an editorial assistant, which is basically the bottom rung of a very long ladder. So yeah. it, I felt a little bit like a cog in that. I tried to, as much as you, you run at your job with everything you have, it doesn't feel like you were doing your own work. Um, yeah. Whereas at a smaller uh, company, mm-hmm. I felt I had a lot more latitude to chase my own projects. Um, I mean, to be blunt, there wasn't, we didn't have the same resources. You know, it wasn't, there was no longer seven figure advances. It was right. four figure events. Yeah. Did you find that the environment um, at Penguin when you were an editorial assistant felt kind of competitive or tense or anything like that? Or was it just more um, factory type vibe? Um, I think it depends because Penguin is a company where the imprint that you work for really dictates what the environment will be. Mm-hmm. So I worked uh, at Dutton, which is a relatively small imprint compared to like Viking or uh, Putnam. Um, or Berkeley, like those are much bigger where, you know, you're, there's 20 editors on a team, whereas we had like, you know, two executive editors, two editors, and then two assistants. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel, I never, I never got any of the, the 
the backstabbing, the the cutthroat ambition that I hear about it, you know, at some of the other bigger houses. Well, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Um, so to that uh, to that point, high turnover rates are a famously common situation for mm-hmm. publishing houses. Um, why do you think that is, and uh, what do you think it means for people who work in the publishing industry? I think there's a couple of reasons, um, even that I see. I think one of them is, I mean, we we always joke that it's next to being a cop. It's the next most misrepresented job in movies and television. television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, That's every, so true. it's not a, you know, Catherine Heigl movie. It's not a uh, younger, it's. Glass walls and yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people do get in and within a couple of years realize it's not for them. So I think at the lower levels, that is a lot of the turnover. Um, I know in some departments, editorial is one of them to, uh, to move up. People kind of have to move sideways. Right. I mean, that's both times I've moved companies. It was for a higher position. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. kind of, a, it's, I don't know if it's a sign of the times or if it was this way. I mean, I wasn't there 50 years ago. I don't know if people always jumped around a lot or if people used to be a company man for 30 years. <laughs> Just kind of the way it is then. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, it's okay. I mean, it, as much as, I wouldn't mind working in one place. I don't know about other people. I like if it worked out. So I'm not saying I, I jump around because I, I can't stand being in one place, but mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to the person. Cause there are some people that start out as an assistant and then work up to senior editor. Right. Senior editor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, and you have never, you said, I think you said before you've never edited fiction, right? Um, I had a couple, there was been a couple of books that I was either the assistant. So I was, I was pushing around paperwork for it or one that I was, uh, I inherited that was assigned to me after the work was mostly done. Okay. So no, I've never really had my, I've never been elbow deep in fiction now. Okay. Now, would you have any interest in doing that or you would like to keep them separate? Cause you enjoy it. You said reading fiction. Um, I wouldn't say I categorically don't want to do it. I'd say yeah. I, I do feel I, when I think about it, that my skill set is not the same mm-hmm. as, well, say I speak to editor friends who do fiction or, you know, yep. agent friends and they have the, this like conceptual idea of story arc. And it's, it's these things that it's not that I don't feel I couldn't do. It's that mm-hmm. I don't feel, I feel like I would be starting from, like the basics again. Like sure. I don't oh, yeah. trust myself to mm-hmm. really to do that without having a lot more practice first. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledging that learning curve and not just yeah. it's uh, a different skill set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barreling yeah. forward. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Also, I mean, I, I'm just, I'll say I'm just a, a, a picky jerk. <laughs> I, I, I like so little of what I actually read that's published. Uh-huh. Like going one step back, I it would be difficult for me to to find the right fiction projects that I'd feel passionate about. Right, bringing to bear. You wouldn't just work on something you didn't like. Right. I mean, it's the thing like fiction. If you don't like it, you don't like it, and that's fine. Um, nonfiction. I feel that even if you don't like it, there's a way to make it enjoyable, and it is all practical. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's totally like true. Putting a puzzle together than uh, yeah. Creating, yeah. creating a painting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it feels more relevant. You know, if uh, 
if you're working economics or science or current events or even memoir, you know, it's, it's something you can relate to. Right. Whereas fiction is a different kind of experience when you read it. Next question. Uh, let's say now, what have been like a few of your favorite books that you've worked on over the years? Because I know you sent us a long list of them, but I can't imagine that every one of those was your favorite. Yeah. So, <laughs> but maybe they were. So. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of, I'm proud of in different ways. Yeah. I'll say Eight Bit Apocalypse was uh-huh. one that I was like over the moon. Like I I basically went to my boss and I bullied him until he would let me buy it. Uh huh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's video game history. It's the '80s. It's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a very well, it, there's not a lot of books about the subject. So it was really exciting to me to mm-hmm. get something that was like that, that deep, a, a deep dive on something that there was just no other books about, and, you know, being a, a very indoorsy kid. It was, I was raised right. by books and video games. So that yeah. is like the real, a real marriage of my two great loves. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, what um, about... No, I was just going to ask about, because I know you worked on some, I assume when you were at Dutton, probably the like celebrity kind of adjacent books. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, okay. it was amazing. And it's very, yeah. I was, I, so those were mostly, I was as an assistant, but as I was there longer, I, you know, I got more and more responsibilities. Um, I, right. I'll tell you the the Nick Offerman book, Good Clean Fun, was yeah. one that I was responsible for wrangling a lot of uh, the photos and the art for. Um, oh, okay. okay. Transcribing a lot of interviews between mm-hmm. the author and different wood shops. So that's uh, to give you a quick background. Nick Offerman has a wood shop in California where they do all all joinery. So it, you know mm-hmm. it's all really high quality wood furniture. And so he has I'm forgetting between five and ten woodworkers that make these really incredible pieces. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of a cookbook slash love letter <laughs> slash uh-huh. like a love letter uh, to wood. <laughs> to wood, yeah, to woodworking, to, to working, and it was also just kind of about the ethos of woodworking and, yeah. and making things with your hands. And it was really, it was one of, it was, I think, the most work I'd ever put into one book. It was, I mean, just insane amounts of of logistics. But it was, sure. I, I was very like the first time I held that book, I was so proud. So it was all worth it in the end. I yeah totally yeah. sounds like a, a lot of pieces to bring together was it a full color or oh yeah yeah it's, it's four color fully illustrated which was also my first time putting one of those together from scratch mm-hmm. because you know Dutton is mostly just straight prose and then you know sometimes we'd have a photo insert but that was for the most part most of what we did it's a lot <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it was quite a lot um, Emily, did I steal some of your questions? I'm sorry. Oh, nope. oh I did it. Oh, good. Nope. Okay, great. Okay. Well, I am especially excited for this next question. <laughs> so now when you were, um, you were a music lead at, Bi- at BNN, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now what exactly does that position entail? That was, I mean, that, that's Barnes and Noble. It's mostly just straight retail. Okay. Um, the music movies and audiobook section that I was responsible for running, I mean, but also, you know, merchandising and everything. Sure. Which is sort of like running a little shop within a shop because it yeah. was, you know, to- it was almost total autonomy within the store. And that was, you know, my first job, the first job I could find out of college interning, okay. trying to get um, into publishing proper. Would you say you're a pretty big music guy? I would say so, I think. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what do you like to listen to? Uh, everything. I don't, 
it's that's a hard question to answer. Okay, Corinne, I know Corinne. I, I don't know if you're holding back your big question. About well, the music. my question. <laughs> well, my question, I guess, mainly is like, what is the, um, I guess, the selection? Well, not even the selection process, but like how? Because so Barnes and Noble started carrying like vinyl like recently, right? I think so. I was there okay. for maybe the first year they started doing that before. Okay. I left, okay. Before I left the retail stores, although. Gotcha. Somehow I'm back working for Barnes and Noble technically again. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. 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 So I guess my question was like, why did they decide to start carrying vinyl? Was it just because that was like a thing that was hap- a trend kind of that was happening elsewhere? What it seemed like, and I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't speak for sure, but what it, yeah. it felt like was they were, they needed to just diversify their stock. Oh, um, okay. Like, I mean, they started carrying more toys and so, I mean, that was a big seller on the holidays, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, as music sales dropped and then DVD sales and Blu-ray sales sort of have been going away, as you would, right. I mean, have mostly gone away. But I think it was something they found that they could put in that was filling a need for a, a, the vinyl resurgence. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Beyond that, I don't know what their reasoning is. I don't uh-huh. know if they regret it and they're trying to get back out of it. I don't know if it's the the big moneymaker. I couldn't say, but. Right, right. Yeah. It's just always been a head scratcher for me. Like every time I'm in there and I'm like, huh, you know, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I I consider it like um, 50 shades of gray. I mean, it's not Uh for me, but if it helps us keep the lights on and sell all the other, that's, that's fine. I'm happy that it's making money for the industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you make of the business and leadership woes that uh, Barnes & Noble has encountered over the last several years? Um, surprisingly, I don't have a lot of insight into it. Um, working at the store level, it seemed like I wasn't always privy to what they were, to what was going on. It felt like, you know, orders were just kind of handed down. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what happens when a company gets big enough that the average person on the floor doesn't know why they do things. Yeah. And now, even though I'm, uh, I guess, officially a Barnes Noble corporate employee, I don't work in their offices. So I don't, right. <laughs> it's once again, yeah. sort of shadowy how decisions are made. So it doesn't um, really affect your job on a practical level. Um, I would say it does in that in addition to being an editor, I'm also sort of my own salesperson for their buyers Mm-hmm. Um, so I am making a case directly to them, but I guess yeah. I, don't, I also haven't been there long enough to, to really have gotten, they were, I mean, they did close a lot of stores down a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like the bottom was falling out when mm-hmm. e-readers became big. Yeah. Um, and then I think after a few years they realized, well, the, the fear was that it was going to be like CDs where it was just going to go down and down and down and a, eventually crash into almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think they found that unlike CDs, where you don't really get a lot of value other than liner notes. Mm-hmm. It's not right. really a physical component to it that books did have something that wasn't e- that easily replaceable by the yeah. screen. So it was more like the, the 15%, 20% or so of the population that wanted eBooks, it sort of saturated that and then everything kind of evened out. Right. And they found, and of course, they found ways to actually market ebooks instead of people just not making any money on them. Well, I, I just, I find it interesting how much of um, the print book uh, market seems to be nostalgia based. I think that, in terms of of buying habits, that's that's uh, 
kind of unique to books because um, some of the articles I've been reading, it says that millennials are, you know, buying print books because they want to hold the physical object and it makes them feel better about the books that they're reading. And I just think it's interesting how that kind of psychological component um, makes a difference. So I, is that what you mean by like, it's more va valuable than liner notes, for example? I think so. It is. Uh, there's a tactile component to it. Mm -hmm. um, where even when it's the same book, it, it feels better to turn a page. Maybe it's just people are used to the sensation and like it. Um, I think that there's also the fact that books are more portable and cheaper. They don't, the batteries don't run out. So for a lot of practical reasons, they're easier. Right. Um, I mean, more abstractly, I've, I've read like what, only one or two studies that say they did studies where children actually absorb material better from a physical page. Something mm -hmm. about, you know, they, they correlate what they're, the material with something they're touching. Like you see what you can remember where you read something on a page, like it engages the memory center better, but that's a little woo woo. I don't know if that's yeah. established science, but mm -hmm. it seems that it, it's a different medium for eBooks, but it, it doesn't seem like it, it was ever meant it was ever going to supplant physical books now do you personally have an e-reader or are you like a physical book purist um <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't call myself a purist but no uh -huh. i don't own an e-reader uh, okay okay two different hand-me-down kindles people gave me that i yep. used briefly uh-huh and, and one time i think I, I read a book on my phone just because and that was a nightmare with an iphone yeah, i believe that <laughs> <laughs> i do it all the time <laughs> I mean, I will, I will admit that I, I got sick of having my newspaper stolen. And so now I just read the times online. I changed yeah, my, my subscription. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's one area where I, I actually prefer digital sure, where you know, yeah. things are coming at you if that you might not hear about until the next day or the day after. Whereas, you know, I could open up the times right now and find out the Kentucky Derby nonsense with, right. Yeah. All right. Um, so my other next question, I guess, about, uh, so you had a brief detour, I guess, where you were working in production. Mm -hmm. um, and so what did you like about that? What didn't you like about that? <clears throat> um, I think that was when I realized I, I definitely did want to do, I wanted to be an editorial. Okay. When I realized mm -hmm. that it, I, there was, there wasn't a lot of, uh, movement to to do anything creative it was basically sure. you're pulling levers and filling out paperwork right which right. is you know i could be an accountant and make a lot more money than publishing if that's all i cared about doing amen um, good point. And it's, true. yeah <laughs> and it's, it's no true. bad thing it's just not yeah. really what i cared about mm -hmm. yeah that totally that um, makes sense but i will say that it's made the rest of my career much easier oh okay um, because i would say most editors don't really understand what happens you have a, word, a microsoft word file and mm -hmm. you know you edit it with your with your author with the writer right and then you know you do track changes blah 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 maybe you even copy edit mm -hmm. and then a lot of them just don't understand how it gets from there to an actual book you know mm -hmm, right. pdfs and then from there to files and there's proofing and coming uh, at that from the side where i was responsible for looking after all those things and keeping a schedule yeah, I think took out a lot of the learning curve later when I was suddenly understood how, you know, things have to have six weeks to ship from China or right, right. whatever. Do you find that you, um, 
explain that to authors? Like, are they interested in learning about that side of the process? Um, I, you know what? I don't think they're interested in it. <laughs> I think they, <laughs> they'd rather it didn't exist. They just I like want to close mm-hmm. their ears and wait for it all to be. <laughs> yeah. I think ready to go. Ever, <laughs> they want to change their book. And I, I, I promise this isn't at any specific author, just okay. the, authors the in general. that is authors. Yeah, that of course, of course. They want to make changes up until the book is released. And you have to explain to them that, no, this, I told you, like, this was the last day to, like, make substantive changes. Mm-hmm. And we can do edits, you know, if there's some punctuation or just, like, a, a factual error. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, this date, they're just, like, it's done, it's over. And then four months later, your book is released in stores. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a hard thing to explain because it's just not interesting to people. Were you ever there for like a printing disaster? Um, no, I wouldn't say a disaster. Um, I've heard some stories. I, I have a, a a book that I found in an old office of mine that I I just like a, a book from years and years ago that there was just like a letter missing on the spine from a title. Oh no. <laughs> the first just had a letter missing from the title. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it was, Whoops. Um, but no, I think for the most part, sometimes things won't look exactly as people thought, you know, I've had an, an, a, an author come to me and say, I thought we were doing a red cover. This looks pink. And <laughs> it's showing them next to each other. Like, no, this is basically, this is within, you know, the 3% different hue limit that, that, is just a matter of, of that's the cost of doing business with printers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I know. I wish I had a, a fun story of disasters. I don't. <laughs> right. Well, do you have a fun story of like celebration? That'll work just as well. Um, In any way. I mean, like editorially, oh. production wise, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love prints. <laughs> um, celebration. <laughs> No, I think convincing my boss, who was 81 years old at the time, to let uh-huh. me buy a book about an arcade machine. Yeah, yeah. That's a big and, victory. And basically, you know, we got the, and then we ended up, I think, I guess this is a victory that we ended up selling the audio rights for oh, okay. such a considerable, considerable amount that the book, we earned out the advance before it published, which is nice. That's awesome, that's, yeah. That's kind of the holy grail for any book. If you can Absolutely. earn out before it publishes, that's... Oh, wow. That's, that's, yeah. That's yeah, that's I would say so, yeah. So you said, you said you worked with Drew Barrymore on a book? Oh, yeah, that was, again, what, I mean, I don't want to... Oh, you don't want to... Talk myself as her, as, her, as her editor, but I was uh, the assistant to her editor, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I did work on the book with them, yeah. Did you meet her? Oh yeah, yeah. She's cool. she's wonderful. She's exactly as nice as you think she would be and would want her to be. Yay! I'm really That's happy to nice. hear that. I yeah. always liked her. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah. Oh great. Yeah, I don't. I wish I had some horror stories of the meeting celebrities that turned out to be monsters, but that yeah. was just not my yeah. experience anyone I met. <laughs> you really lucked out there because uh, I used to work at Harper and I was in publicity and mm. my boss worked with some hmm, BC level celebrities which are probably mm-hmm. as you know much worse than the A-list ones because they think they're more important than the A-list. Yeah. Mm. 
So anyway, but yeah, there are some, I could, I could tell you some stories, but I am not the guest on this episode. So I'll save those for another time, but you probably you know. shouldn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to name names. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll name names to sing the praises of people I've worked with, but yeah. not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's more, that's more, um, mint julep talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more fancy hats and Mitchell. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I think our next question is, uh, what are you reading right now? Right now, I, oh, I'm reading a few books. Um, I get bored with things and I put them down and I pick up other books. Sure. Good um, for you. I, I respect that. I do too. Just being able to stop reading a book. There's so many people who are like, what? It's also, like I have a book in like my gym bag or my commuter bag. And then I have books at the office and I have books at home. <laughs> yep. Like the book on my nightstand that I read before bed right now is um, The Circle by Dave Eggers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so which somebody gave it to me as a gift. I'd never read Dave Eggers before, but yeah, it's, it's good to just read fiction again mm-hmm. without it being a proposal or part of work yeah, or anything. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which is freeing. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah. I'm also reading uh, The History of the Future by Blake Harris. Okay. Um, which is about VR and how that's shaping the, the future of media now. Oh, wow. Um, so he comes from, uh, his last book was uh, Console Wars, which is uh, the history of Sega and Nintendo. Oh. Just how I found out about him, you know, doing comp research for eight bit. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so now this is his new book that just came out, and it's it's good. It's weird to it, to read things about the inner workings of industries is always a little bit like seeing how the sausage gets made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just all of the the corporate intrigue of tech companies, and but, you can just never look at it the same way again when you're trying to like consume. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. I guess like sausages. That's actually really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. My first job at, when I was 15 was at McDonald's and I have no problem eating McDonald's now. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Um, is there, Adam, is there anything you would like to plug or promote? Um, no, unfortunately, I mean, in what I'm doing at Sterling now isn't the kind of thing where we have big releases. Yeah. Um, but I'll say I'd like to, promote your local bookstore whoever's listening yes um yes, that is an excellent there, buy books <laughs> and if it's uh, from the bargain section at barnes and noble that's even better yep <laughs> if you need to buy some gifts <laughs> great choice all right adam thank you so much for uh, being on our podcast it's exciting to have uh, an editor on yes thank, thank you, you. So much for having me yeah <laughs> absolutely all right. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about some that was, since that was such a you know brief, short and sweet interview, right, sure. um, compared to some of the ones we've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop glaring at me. <laughs> That's what you're here for, for me to glare at you. Oh, uh, you. It's okay. Actually, no. You're all about to hear why she's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm here with a purpose, people. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit. We were complaining about um, how Baker and Taylor is no longer uh, distributing to indie bookstores anymore yes. and lamenting the fact that Ingram was going to get to have their way, whatever way they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Monopolies are only fun in board games, kids. 
And not even then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. I, everyone's got that friend who's like just hoarding all the pieces. I've only played a couple of times. <laughs> and, you know, the first time I just like laid on the floor and like fell asleep or something because I was so <laughs> bored and I was 11. Yeah. And then the last time was when I went to Texas to visit my nieces mm-hmm. and and we played Star Wars Monopoly. And I just started like yelling about capitalism and how bad <laughs> oh it was. Oh my god. Because it was just I was just like, this is a terrible thing to teach children. You know, I would <laughs> but say I, I wasn't the one who stormed out. One of the other oh. when a kid stormed out, thank oh. God. It I was, was almost say, me though. I feel like you missed the point of the game, but you really didn't miss the point of the game. You got the point of the no, game. No, I know the point of the yeah. game. <laughs> I mean and I, I was losing, but but that's not why you stormed out. <laughs> no. I mean, it was partially why. I just can't get myself into that frame of mind. I yeah. don't know. It's like, it's just a game. And I'm like, but it's mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a mistake. Mm-hmm. So, so since we have discussed that, there have been some new offerings, we mm-hmm. might call them. From you could some... call them that. Sure. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's a neutral term, isn't yes, it? Yes, it should be. I think so. Um, so from other uh, companies, publishing companies mostly mm-hmm. um, uh, for distribution to indie bookstores or just, you know, discounts and more like generous quote unquote terms for indie bookstores <laughs> purchasing <laughs> these companies' books. Yeah. So, um, uh, Corinne, why don't you take, take us, uh, or Tara, why don't you take <laughs> us there first? You know, in all fairness, looking through the, um, the articles that you found it, they are at least, putting this to the bookstores because the bookstores are the ones that are hurt the worst in this case yeah absolutely i mean the companies that they can turn to are yeah (laughs) few and far between at this point you could say that i mean not that b&t was really putting up too much of a fight against ingram Mm -hmm. baker and taylor yes baker and taylor sorry b&t for short i'm here to translate thank you thank you appreciate (laughs) yes i do speak in way too much jargon that is my fault um only because I was only a book be- <laughs> I, I was a bookseller and I work in publishing. Only because so. it's literally your job. Yeah, it's literally right, my job. Right. Don't apologize for that. Yeah. I yeah. apologize for literally my job. Um, <clears throat> just like a woman. Just womp, womp. Like a woman. <laughs> but I mean, it, what it, outside of these new offerings? Yes, these neutral offerings. Right. Sure. What is left for these companies, these pub, these uh, bookstores? Like yeah. if they didn't do this, if mm-hmm. these publishers didn't give them this, what were right. they left with? They were yeah. left with what? Two, maybe three bigger yeah. wholesalers yeah. as opposed to the smaller distributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. well, most of these are their own titles too, right? Yeah. They're yeah. their own, they're their own titles. Well, and a lot of these publishers too act as distributors. Right. They were doing this before Baker and Taylor closed their, bookstore mm-hmm. side of things so like workman in particular was what they were distributing for the experiment duo press and how do you pronounce that what a beautiful word erewhon it sounds like an elf or, <laughs> it yeah. does sound Erewhon. like an elf yeah, yeah. maybe they're first of her name no wait that's the wrong <laughs> wrong book wrong fandom <laughs> that icy silence. <laughs> Wait, I'm not seeing it. Oh, it's, it's at the very. It's at the very end, end of the first, of the first paragraph. paragraph. Oh, Aragon oh, yeah, books. books. I mean, I, I keep wanting to say Aragon or Aragorn, oh. Airborne, Air- or Airborne, <laughs> Airhorn, Arbon. 
<laughs> Autobahn. <laughs> so many options. I'm really enjoying this free association <laughs> that's happening right now. But let's see here. We've got how many different publishers are doing distribution? They're doing, we got Workman. We got Simon & Schuster. We got Hachette. We got Penguin Random House. Am I missing one? Tara's just throwing papers <laughs> onto the floor right now. There are just everywhere. so many publishers scrambling to fill this hole. Yeah. I feel very yeah. strongly very generously. about Very generously. It's like, yes, yes, weak ones come yeah. to our arms. <laughs> That's exactly what let's, let's you read. Know. You found some uh, pretty fun terms, though, didn't you, Tara? I, you know, like I said... Uh, having come from a book selling background as well as a publishing background, some of these things kind of stuck out to me just a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of them were, in my eyes, definitely a lot more favorable than others. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure they're more favorable to the booksellers uh, or sure. the publishers. Probably the publisher. Probably the publisher uh-huh. because I mean, let's let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um. However, like for instance, Workman mm-hmm. is offering. Well, they describe how they're changing how the backlist is defined to make it easier for indie accounts to reach minimums on backlist stock up orders. What was going on with their definition of backlist in the first place that it was so difficult that they couldn't stock up? I mean, that's just a kind of an interesting turn of phrase. Mm-hmm, it is. For yeah. me. Yeah. So I would have been really interested to see a before and after like a Jenny Craig picture. Yeah. 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 Also, <laughs> sure. is th- are there a lot of like indies who are interested in having big stocks of like backlist, war- back- backlist <laughs> books from Workman? Like, I mean, I, no offense actually, Workman. <laughs> Workman's got some really good backlist titles. Right. But like how many could how you many possibly you need? need? Yeah. If you're an indie bookstore. It depends. I mean, Powell's used to have a gardening and home division of their bookstores yes i always forget powell's is indie yeah technically technically although there was recently an article in pw that was about an independent bookstore and whether or not they're able to franchise oh my god yes i was i was just sitting there going am i stupid like (laughs) or does that not sound like an indie anymore well and they were like they're gonna take on half price books as oh. the biggest indie bookstore uh, in the country and i'm like books. half price books isn't is is that so is so is an indie defined as anything that isn't barnes and noble no because a resale store like mm-hmm. you know just your your stereotypical dollar bookstore that's like half price like a half books. price, right, book half price yeah. but that's not an independent bookstore because an independent bookstore relies on the f- rates that are coming from these publishers now to as far as our distribution goes when it comes to half price books they're relying on people to turn in stock yeah because they're mm-hmm. used books there's yeah. no royalties attached to it there's no sales attached to it so basically a half price bookstore their sales come from their stock and if they don't get rid of it what are they gonna do they're right. literally gonna yeah. throw it away yeah yeah i don't know dude I, <laughs> like I PW clearly thinks they're an indie bookstore, but I don't yeah. think they were talking about it through the lens of this uh, distribution no. uh, yeah, no. free for all. No, as we can this, call yeah. it. this is absolutely a free it's for like all. it's like that w- w- the Oklahoma land. Yeah, the the gra- land grab, well, the land grab where the they sooners. all the Sooners, the where they sooners. All, where they were like, oh, this land is empty. And the, the Osage are like, wait, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not not empty. We're here. And they're like, I'm going to be the fastest cart, <laughs> and then I will put my flag in the ground. Yeah. 
Hopefully it will strike oil. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, cake or death? Um, <laughs> cake, please. Cake, please. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's just one interesting thing that I saw coming from there. But another thing I noticed from Workman's terms, as far as they were described in this article, was that they were... Where is it? I swear I saw it a second. Oh, extra discount earned on faced out quantities on all frontless titles. Yes, this was my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. I think it's, It's, I mean, how could you not? How could you not? It's Machiavellian. It is Machiavellian, but it is absolutely brilliant (laughs) because Uh it's such an amazing incentive for bookstores. And it's it's an equal term Mm -hmm. opportunity. Because not only is the publisher getting this amazing opportunity, but the bookstore is getting an extra discount. And let's face it, all bookstores need a discount. Yeah. It's not like you have to do it. Exactly. It's not like you (laughs) have to do it. No one's going to stock through your bookstore from Workman Mm -hmm. and make sure that all the face out books are from them. Yeah. No one's going to do that. It's kind of a trust thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mostly meant that like you're still going to get their other, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that too. Whatever it is. I mean, for all we know, they could probably be doing this part of their co-op. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Could be Would a you explain what a co-op is yes. for the kids? Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, co-op in bookstore and publishing terms is money that a bookstore kind of gets from a publisher in the promotion, in the marketing promotion of a title or a series of titles. So face out is technically could be technically considered co-op so are those really fancy cardboard displays that you see at bookstores that's co-op too because it's taking up valuable real estate in a bookstore so things like that are are what is known colloquially as Mm co-op cool okay thank you thank you (laughs) this has been terminology corner (laughs) so let's look at at some other terms here like who do you think is uh being the naughtiest here. Who's the biggest stinker? Oh, let's see. <laughs> Don't leave that one on me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I God. am the oldest. <laughs> That's true. I kind of hear want to hear what you guys think cuz I mean, I got my own opinions, but I want to hear somebody else's too. Well, you were talking about IPG. Oh, yeah, IPG. Being all fun. Those were really shitty, right? Well, I wouldn't say shitty cuz yeah. they're I mean, they're going to be good for somebody. Right. They're going to be good <laughs> For, you know, somebody who's coming into the game initially and who oh, okay. desperately needs a break. Right. <laughs> but, and granted, IPG, they're coming up against some really stiff competition. Yeah. So I would have assumed that they would have come out with slightly better terms. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because they're coming up against the big five yeah, yeah. and workmen. And workmen. Oh. I mean, let's be honest. Workmen is not one of the big five. It's it's a whole. It's, it's been holding its own for. It's mm, one of the few mid level publishers that remain, and That's they're so really good left, at yeah. what they do at being a mid level. No one's talking about that. They and do a good job. I, you know, I love Timber Press books because I like gardening, and there's lots of pretty pictures of yeah, them. This is sure. true. Timber yeah. does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. and Algonquin does a really Algonquin good job Quinn too. Oh yeah, they've got yeah, good books. They do. Yeah. So you know, not hating on on Workmen. They've got great books. All of these publishers have amazing books. Just a little concerned about some of these terms. Um, for instance, I'm not entirely sure where or who wrote this article from IPG. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that these were um, these are all from Shelf Awareness. So oh, I think are they? I think they're press releases. Okay, well that's what I'm assuming because yeah. the language is very press releasey. Mm-hmm. But it's like. For all accounts, new and current, on the order, there is an additional 5% discount on an order of 10 units or more. Okay, so if you're giving somebody a discount of 
what's a typical wholesale discount? 40? 40, yeah. yeah. 40? So you're giving somebody a 35% discount on an order of 10 units or more? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. That's fine. But the coup de grace is... The coup de grace is qualifying orders placed by 11 a.m. Central time. Central time. No, but central time will ship by end of day of the next business day. Wait, that's not a bad deal then. That's That's not a bad deal. That's just a technicality. Qualifying orders have to be placed by 11 a.m. They don't stipulate whether or not it needs to be by central time or by local time. You know what? I think that this is just a punctuation and capitalization problem. Oh, Probably. I think what it's supposed to say is free freight for 10 or more units ordered and qualifying orders placed by 11 a.m. Central Time will ship by the end of the next business if day. If so, that's even worse because whoever wrote this, it works in publishing and the fact that they couldn't get it approved by somebody in their editorial department. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? Is They ha- they had the um, the period after M and so it yeah, automatically capitalized. capitalizes Central. Ah, so yes. it made it seem like okay so um ipg doesn't only give you discounts if you order before 11 a.m i'm glad we could work this out because that seemed um, that seemed uh that seemed a little shady very unreasonable um it was a little confusing for a second ipg you might want to look into whoever wrote this i'm really glad we figured this out I mean, it's almost like everyone. It's like the the land grab. It is like, like oh, get it grab. out as qu- fast as possible well, mm-hmm. and then, by I mean, eleven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, also like the the oh, what is it? The indie direct program from IP and this IPG is not the only one who's doing this, but like their special terms are for one order placed between May and September. Which uh, that's IPG. IPG. That's so weird. Yeah. But they're not the only company that's doing that. I think Penguin Random House is doing their their um their deal ends in October. Oh, wow. Feeling real generous there. <laughs> so The biggest publishing house in the world. <laughs> so what do Go they on. expect to happen between now and then that's going to change anything? Post-September 1st? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just hoping that these people will be so enamored by their quick and speedy service yeah. that they'll realize that they have no alternatives ah. and they'll keep coming back. I mean, IPG distributes for vast majority of the small and mid-sized publishers across the country. I'm just wondering if there's some kind of like exclusivity that has to happen for them to like m- make that window the way it is. I don't think they can do that though. I don't either. No. It's just strange. I don't think so either. I don't think yeah. they can do that. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like the um, open enrollment for health insurance. Oh god. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no joke. True. Yeah. Hmm. But it's no. It's weird. You you can't stipulate that as a bookstore they have to go exclusively through you because you're no. not going to offer all the books right of course I yeah guess, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's like this is the this is only as long as we can afford this. <laughs> yeah. we can't afford it any longer <laughs> so we'll make this one order as big as possible That's never right. counting <laughs> that there's a whole other season that we are completely going to be missing out on only yep. backlist oh, well no that'll backlist. be called backlist now that, but, but, oh, but yeah. only by workman yeah only by, yeah, only by <laughs> workman only by workman <laughs> I am a little confused, though, why, and maybe they just don't outright say it, but none of these other publishers that we have here yeah. are doing what Workman's doing, where they're saying that they're going to give an extra discount for face-up quantities. Ah, That's surprising. That is really surprising. Yeah. I yeah. would assume that would be like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, Well, maybe sure. they're just taking it for granted because they can afford it in, in like... Well, and, I mean, outside of a few... Because they're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway. anyway. Yeah, they're doing it anyway. They're paying for it anyway. And outside of what, a few rare titles, the vast majority of the best selling list is going to come from the big five. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Hmm. so why bother? Yeah. 
I suppose. Because I'm, we must fight. I don't even know what. I don't. I, I, the, it, if the if the goal here was confusion, then it really worked. Yeah, they did a great job. <laughs> Good job, everyone. Yes. This we asked for competition, and this is what we got. Yeah. <laughs> Although so. I mean, like some some people came to bat because. Well, Hachette requires that a new account set up with them must be done and the first order received by August 30th. Open enrollment. So mm-hmm. any bookstores out there who might be listening to the podcast, you got until August 30th to order through Hachette. Get yep. on it, you guys. Yeah. Because like they're, they're, my God, includes Abrams, Chronicle, Disney Book Group, Hachette UK, Kids Can Press, Moleskin, Octopus, Faden, Pie Kids, Quercus, Nicholas Breely, Quattro, and Yen Press, among others, I'm sure. Yeah, you need those. You need you those. You need those Moleskins. Sure. I mean, yeah, you got I mean, all those pretentious people I mean, coming to your Are you telling me that, that Disney yep. isn't going to come after you if you don't order through their publishing distribution arm? Mm-hmm. What is going to happen with all the Rick Riordan books, people? What? The Percy Jackson box. Oh, I didn't hear oh. what you said. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I heard, I heard reared in. I'm like, <laughs> Atlas shrugged. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not for uh. me. All of, these, all of these companies are just looking out for their best interests, sign rant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, did you guys take a look at the uh, Penguin Random House one? Yes, I did. What do you notice? Well, I I actually had a question. So the bullet point that says dedicated PRH sales reps slash community bookstore specialists to help you navigate seasonal front list ordering and backlist replenishment. When you were a bookseller, exactly how much interaction did you have with the sales reps from publishers? You know, honestly, I think I spent most of my time just trolling Edelweiss um, and and looking through the various catalogs. My Because uh, I was just a children's buyer. Yeah the store owner was the one that met with the reps. There was like four of us, five of us in the store and only three of us gave a shit. Um, yay. Yay. (laughs) Four of us gave a shit. Yes. Um, so with the reps though, they only Mm -hmm. really met with the one One person. person. Okay. But as far as like the more specialty picks, it was nothing. Just searching just okay. digging yeah word sure. of mouth yeah. you know the typical thing that you rely on when you're a customer mm-hmm. you know i heard about this really cool book Can right we get it right yeah i'm just wondering how much like in-person communication you know like sales reps actually have with well, bookstores and here's the thing so to your point right below that bullet mm-hmm. there's a special offer from <laughs> above the tree line <laughs> yeah. to help with inventory management <laughs> Guys, I'm not sure if anybody who listens is aware of what above the tree line is, but but <laughs> we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you. <laughs> anybody else want to chime in here? It's Edelweiss. <laughs> yeah. It is Edelweiss. Edelweiss, sorry not. Edelweiss. Edelweiss. Well, above the tree line is is the inventory management and metadata aggregator. Yep. That bookstores use to keep tabs on all their books it's literally inventory management it's literally inventory management but what edelweiss is is edelweiss is above the tree lines kind of like catalog arm so they've worked with a lot of book publishers across the country to accrue catalogs for past and upcoming seasons 
And what you can do if you are a buyer and you use above the tree line, you go on Edelweiss, you dig through all the catalogs, you select what books you're interested in, and then you send a handy dandy little message to your sales rep through Edelweiss to let them know which books you're interested in. Help me. Help me so Dear much. salesperson. Dear salesperson. Who I don't know what to do with my inventory. I mean, so really... I'm kind of interested to hear what these dedicated sales reps and how much they're yeah. going to really do if they're relying on Adel- above the tree line to and do Edelweiss for them. Yeah. Yeah. To begin with. It yeah. almost feels like they're saying you can talk to a real person. Uh-huh. Remember the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> Although There's a lot out there that would prefer that. And oh, yeah. 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 I mean, there's something That's to be true. said for being hand-sold a book. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. No, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. only kind of being sarcastic. I had someone today ask, like, if there was any Barnes & Noble, like, person in, like, the w- acquiring the books to sell. And they were like, can you, like, refer me to anybody over there? And I was like, if I could, I would be so happy. <laughs> I literally do everything through spreadsheets and only talk to IT people when I submit to Barnes & Noble. But quite frankly, you know, I've got full respect for sales reps because they really do not have an easy job. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I, yeah. That's true. They've got a, true. a hard job. Not even just like knowing all the upcoming, the front list, knowing your solid backlist, yeah. knowing any of the imprints that you might have also like the constant traveling for yeah. what 30 to 50 weeks out of the year yeah. nope that's insane it's a tough job it yeah, is it's true i'm not trying to poo poo that i'm just <laughs> you're welcome i don't know why i'm talking i am talking like a grandma today yeah <laughs> sorry guys i don't know what's gotten into me I'm, anyway i'm just sitting here and on the road again is playing in my head oh no <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, I I think that we uh, I think we had some good opinions there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, Tara, yeah. thank you for like helping us with that. Yeah, do you want to talk about um, what books we're reading real quick? Yeah, before let's you, do it. Uh, you go first because I know you're. Oh my reading god, like ten probably. Oh my god, what what book am I reading right now? Oh no, you know what book I just finished actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally came out like a week, week and a half ago, and I finished the sucker in a day, which uh, with my schedule has been a little wonky lately. Um, so you're not sleeping, (laughs) not who sleeps anymore. Let's be honest. No, it's called, um, red, white and royal blue. Okay. And it's a male, male rom romance book oh, oh yeah you you, okay. you yeah. tried to throw that at me last I week did. and i was like you already lent me a book i can't have another <laughs> I one did. i did lend you i did try and lend you so many books um let me look up the author really quickly okay i totally forget it while you're doing that um uh-huh. you i am reading the book you lent me <gasps> yay yeah, the kissing the kiss quotient. quotient oh is it kiss quotient or kiss quotient something okay. like that yeah I thought it was what, kissing do you, quotient. what do you think i love it it's really fun it's such it's It's adorable like really hot romance actually yeah Yeah. but it's a neurodiverse romance the main one of the main characters is autistic oh okay she's on the spectrum oh yeah and the author is too so it's an own voices book well and the funny thing is i was kind of like scanning goodreads and i think a lot of people on there read it because solely because it was an own voices book and they're like why is there so much sex in this why do they have to talk about sex in every <laughs> chapter like literally someone was saying that and i'm like 
She literally it's hires a romance a, book. Male prostitute people. Sex worker. Sex worker. Yes, male sex worker. <laughs> Thank you. Could not think. Yes, she literally hires a male sex worker people. But her second book just came out too, which I'm really excited to read that one. I, Is that also it's romance? Also romance. Uh-huh. It's also neurodiverse. Okay. Because um the main character one of the main characters in this one showed up initially in Kiss Quotient. Mm-hmm. Um Kai. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, don't yeah. tell me anymore. I don't know anymore. Okay, good. So I can't tell you anymore. But um, no, Red, White, and Royal Blue is by Casey McQuiston. Okay. And it's already on the bestseller list, people. So if you just look up, you know. Red, White, and Royal Blue. Red, White, and Royal Blue. I, I, yeah, no, it was a really good, really fun book. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Corinne? What are you reading? Um, I'm still reading the same books that I was reading a week ago, uh, but I am enjoying like that Jen Kirkman one that I'm still reading. Yes. It's called uh, I Can Barely Take Care of Myself, Tales from a Happy Life Without Kids. <laughs> uh, so I'm enjoying reading about basically my life um, just through a funnier lens because she is a comedian and I'm not yet. Um, sure you are i am in Dream my own way but you know what i mean anyway so but yeah i like her a lot so it's been fun and breezy um anybody have anything else to say um no <laughs> I don't is that a question so. or a statement i know i'm like uh, i don't think so <laughs> all right nope. well then you should follow us on facebook hybrid pub scout twitter at hybrid pub scout and we have a new instagram and, we're gonna um, become influencers oh Just my kidding. god over my dead body <laughs> <laughs> i think i made some joke about that when i started the account and corinne was i was like i'm gonna be an influencer and corinne's like and then i will sadly quit the podcast <laughs> um go to our website um sign up for our newsletter because i'm about to drop a couple more jt read smut yeah um (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway do it it's fun we have a good time (laughs) are you okay i'm not i'm not bragging Um, am I forgetting anything? I oh, don't think- please go and review and rate yes. us on iTunes. And if you mm-hmm. missed it for whatever reason, because you like to listen podcasts backwards, you can hear me <laughs> reading in our recent review from Jessica Clark in a German accent. Also, make sure when you review that you let them know which accent they need to use next. Yes. And it'll also help. Like, I was not prepared to do a New England accent, but yeah, if that's you a tough suggest one, it mm-hmm. in the thing, you might research I can it? practice. Okay. I can yeah. find some YouTube videos mm-hmm. and I can practice. No, and- spontaneity is better. No, because what if I don't even know what it sounds like? All yeah. the better. All the best. <laughs> spontaneity. Yes. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as long as you're open to the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thanks for listening. And thanks for giving a rip about books.